Off the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball daily. Now, there are doubts about Denise O'Sullivan's availability for the start of the World Cup finals next week. Uh, she was forced off with an injury 20 minutes into Ireland's final tune-up friendly against Colombia this morning. Delighted to say that Kathleen McNamee is with us now to bring us the latest. Kathleen, how are you getting on? I'm all right. A bit tired. It's about midnight here at the moment and that news broke around two hours ago when we were all just winding down for the evening. So, uh, yeah, quite quite a shocking one to get at this stage. As it worked out, this was an entirely behind closed doors friendly just outside Brisbane, I think at the request of Columbia. And in the end, the game lasted, what, just that 20 minutes or so until Denise O'Sullivan was forced off in what the FBI have said was an overly physical approach uh, forcing that injury. And we think it could be a shin issue for her. Yeah, it was all a bit strange. So we had asked Veer in the week at the open training session would she mind if we attended and she said it would be absolutely no problem for the media to come along you know she had nothing to hide and then we were told by the FAI that the it was Columbia that didn't want us there so that we would have to go through them for clearance which we did get yesterday and then a couple of the media turned up out at the ground and they were refused entry and Columbia had retracted that they wanted the media there which is a bit of a shame because as you say it is it's a outside of the city it's like a good 20 30 minute drive outside of the city so you know it, it's a bit of a track to get out there and would have been handier to know this but uh judging by how they approached the game maybe there was a reason why they didn't want too many people to witness it as you said the game only lasted about 20 23 minutes i think it was officially there had been two yellow cards given out before the denise o'sullivan incident which was part of the reason why i think the referees probably felt comfortable enough um to you know curtail the game at that stage because I mean it's pretty unheard of in my mind of a game to be curtailed after such a short amount of time especially at this level Um, Colombia have since released a statement saying that they respected Ireland's decision to uh, curtail the game and that they always abide by fair play and you know respect of the opposition obviously it's very hard for us to say having not been there how bad the challenges were um, and the FAI weren't really saying all that much. They said they didn't want to concentrate on it tonight when we were over at the team hotel talking to them. So we're kind of basing it off the fact that Denise went to hospital with that shin injury and the fact that there was two yellow cards before, I mean, it had even hit half an hour. Because usually, Kathleen, when a friendly is suspended or abandoned in this case, it's usually down to a horrifically bad injury. So straight away, the concern would be Denise O'Sullivan is in real trouble if they've actually called off the game here. Yeah, that that would be the main concern. Um, she's at St. Andrew's Hospital here in Brisbane. She has undergone a scan already. Uh, funny enough, I actually realised on my way back from the team hotel, the hospital is just 100 metres up the road from where I am here. Um, so they are expecting news back about how severe that injury is at some stage tonight. Well, tonight for us, uh, around 3 or 4 a.m. Um, Australian time is when that news is probably due to come true. And if not, Vera is going to speak to the media tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. local time. So it's hard to say. I mean, it, there was kind of mixed reports on what actually happened in terms of whether she was able to walk off the pitch or not herself. People were getting varying different levels of information on that. I think that like I arrived around the same time as the team bus did back at the hotel um, and we weren't allowed to speak to any of the players, but it's safe to say they all looked 
Brady shook up. Uh, they did do a full training session after the match was ended early. So there was no concerns about anyone else who may or may not have been injured during the game. But uh, it's just a bit of a waiting game now. And it's exactly the sort of news that we all dreaded hearing at this stage. I mean, this is literally the last hurdle to that Australia game next week. And the possibility of losing a player, the calibre of Denise is just unthinkable. Like it goes without saying, Denise Sullivan is the heartbeat of that Irish midfield. Completely. Like if between herself and Katie McCabe and probably Courtney Brosnan these days, you put her like those are players that we just really, really can't do without at this stage. She no like she's the heartbeat of the midfield, but she's the heartbeat of the entire squad. Um, you know, I was chatting to her earlier in the week at the open training session. And you could just see how excited she was, how much she was enjoying the whole tournament vibe, how much she was like eager to get on the pitch and get the competition going. And like we all remember that iconic image of herself and Katie embracing and how much the whole country said that, you know, we're delighted for all the players, obviously, that they get the chance to be on this big stage, but particularly for world class players like herself and Katie, who for so long, it seemed like they weren't going to make it here. You know, it it would just be so heartbreaking for her if this is something that, you know, is the reason why she can't compete in the rest of the tournament. But um, hopefully everything crossed, touch wood, whatever gods you pray to, it's not as bad. And maybe it's just a heavy bruising and it's all a big precautionary more than actually anything serious. It wouldn't be Ireland going to a World Cup finals without some drama right on the eve of the tournament. So maybe we should have expected this to happen. <laughs> But when, com- <laughs> but when it comes to the friendly itself, I would think the expectation would have been both teams go out reasonably strong, get a real feeling for the teams that they're going to field in the early stages of the group stages. No one would have expected the game to be called off due to over-physicality. I'm sure Ireland would have been hoping that this was just going to be a nice friendly, get 90 minutes into the legs, maybe get the jet lag out of the way, and then all focus on next Thursday morning. That's the thing, because this friendly was set up that it was going to be like starting 11 versus bench 11. So like the two halves would have two totally different starting teams. And the first half was Ireland were playing their starting 11 and Colombia were playing their like kind of second 11. So I don't know where some of the players like overly keen at trying to, you know, get their place in the squad cemented or what the idea was. But like... As you were saying, you know, it's a friendly, it's going to be competitive. I saw a few people uh, underneath the, the tweet I put out about Denise saying like, oh, women's football is soft, curtailing a match after 20 minutes because of a few rough tackles. But like, I think you have to look at how exceptional it is that like across, like I've never heard of this happening in women's football. It's an exceptional situation. And clearly the referee, the tackles going in were so heavy that the referee actually felt like there was no other opportunity or there was nothing else to do but stop the match and I think that just goes to show how bad it was because I think it would take a lot to convince a referee to do something like that and she clearly felt like there was going to be a serious incident if that wasn't already a serious incident with Denise again we weren't there so we can't say yes or no interestingly it was actually only about a couple of hundred kids from uh, Queensland football were the only ones to witness it so I don't know joking that we might have to interview some of them to actually find out what the information was. (laughs) I'm having a look at Columbia's statement, which has come out on the back of this as well. So their response is that they say uh, they framed all of their tackles within the rules of the game. They were looking at this as a healthy competition and were under fair play. But they say they respect the decision of the friendly match being suspended. 
yeah, it was a bizarre, bizarre statement when I read it earlier. Um, I, I, I suppose there's nothing else they probably could have said. Like they were probably not going to come out totally bullish, knowing that they've put one of the best players in the world in hospital on the eve of the World Cup without knowing the extent of the injury. Um, so this is probably the only thing they can say. I mean, I I just don't understand, even from their own perspective, if they don't want, you know, I'm sure they don't want their players getting injured. And it's not like Ireland and Colombia are actually going to meet anywhere, probably along the path of the World Cup. So in going out to purposely injure our players or going in as hard as they clearly did just makes very little sense because it doesn't benefit them. It obviously doesn't benefit us. And it totally goes against the fair play of the game, which they supposedly say that they support. Mm. Now, from a Colombian perspective, they still have another friendly to come, do they? They're due to play China, I think. Yeah, they were playing. I think that's a behind closed doors one as well. So uh, I'd be interested now to see if China are a bit like, hmm, maybe not. Yeah, no, understandable if they had some doubts about this. So we have to wait and see what happens with Denise O'Sullivan. So it's going to be, I think, around 2 or 3 a.m. Irish time before we're likely to hear from Vera Pau. I think probably understandable, Kathleen, that you guys were there as a press pack waiting for the team to come back in. No doubt waiting to see when Denise O'Sullivan might come back to the team hotel. But I guess if you're in Vera Pau's perspective, you probably want to wait and get a result on that scan before being able to comment further anyway. Was she due to speak tomorrow anyway? No, she wasn't due to speak tomorrow at all. So this is a totally new situation. We weren't supposed to speak to her or any of the players again until Monday. Um, But they have a training session tomorrow at 12 local time. So uh, the FAI haven't confirmed it yet. I think she's at the hospital with Denise. So they were kind of waiting to have a bit more information. But they said around 10 a.m. local time is when we'll get the chance to speak to her um the FAI were very clear like we were asking you know could we have any details on the match or like what the tackles were like or you know information did Denise walk off herself or did they see anything but they were very very strict that they weren't going to say absolutely anything until they had proper results from the scans because they were like at this stage it would just be speculation and there's no point adding fuel to the fire until we have more information You've been on the ground in Brisbane for a few days. A few of the reporters have been out there. I know you mentioned it as well, that you're kind of waiting for that World Cup buzz to get going in the city. Um, But Australia, I was reading some of their local press this morning, they really felt that this game against France was kicking off the campaign properly for them with their last warm-up before they play Ireland next Thursday. Yeah, the atmosphere at the game looked incredible. I mean, I think it was 50,000 record attendance for them in Australia, which hopefully, well, it should definitely be broken next week whenever we play them in Sydney uh, with over 80,000 tickets sold. Roof as well, and we know closed roof can add to an atmosphere. It was an interesting game. Uh, Mary Fowler of Irish descent getting the only goal of the game. Uh, and it was actually just a really, I think, interesting one for Ireland to watch obviously the team probably didn't because they were um, out at the match but it was just a lapse of concentration from the French defence they'd done quite well against them up until that point Uh, and it was just a simple through ball to her and she just smashed it into the back of the net you know there was nothing fancy about it Uh, Sam Kerr came off after about an hour so she I more just I think to rest her than anything else Uh, and Alana Kennedy as well the Manchester City defender getting her first start with the team after being out for quite a while with an injury so I think the team we saw tonight probably pretty close to the team that will play against uh, Ireland next week pending any like further injuries or anything and uh, 
especially with this Denise O'Sullivan news, like we were already chatting amongst the Irish press that are over here that Australia were looking very good. And then we got through the news about Denise and there was just kind of a, a groan amongst all of us being like, mm, don't know, some of the optimism had slightly gone out of us, I think, at that stage. But hopefully, at the very least, we will have Denise and then we can only play what we can do on the pitch. Would we be drawing too direct a conclusion to be impressed by Australia winning in Melbourne this morning, given that we saw France at close quarters and first hand at Tallaght Stadium beating Ireland last week? Uh, I don't think so. Like, obviously, there was a massive amount of hype around the match because it was their send off game. And I know, like, from reading what the squad had said before the match, they really wanted to go out on a high and put in a good performance. I think, you know, that is a very, very good. French team as we saw in Tala and maybe they're they didn't face the same opposition I don't think against Ireland that they faced against Australia Australia looked on it from the very beginning in the same way that we played well for about 40 odd minutes they managed to do it for the full 90 and um, very unfortunate for France as well Samabaka going off in the 96 minute will look like an ACL tear which so it hasn't been a great night well great morning for you guys for um footballers on this side of the world but uh no i i think australia looked good they looked concerning in, in it from an irish perspective and if they were hyped up for today which was just a send-off match and they were able to channel that energy into getting that win then i'd be concerned of what they can do of launching a home world cup next week it's difficult because of the gap between the matches when they played but for Australia to have won against France one of the best teams in Europe and to have beaten one of the genuine best teams in the world in England as well their form is quite good coming into this World Cup and generally hosts will do well at a tournament anyway Yeah well it's actually kind of funny because if you look at the history of the Women's World Cup hosts haven't done massively well in home tournaments Uh, you look at France in the 2019 I mean they absolutely collapsed now there was a lot of stuff going on in the background with them with their manager at the time which we found out about afterwards Um, I think like Tony Gustavuson has done such an incredible job with this team over the years I've said it a couple of times before but their journey has been very very similar to Ireland's journey where they've had a really talented group of players but haven't really had the coach or the training to bring them together in the way that was needed so um, I think that he has them peaking at exactly the right time. And if they can, you know, stay away from any mad injuries, if they can keep this sort of momentum and I suppose harness the energy of having a home World Cup in the way that they did against France today, uh, then they could go really far in this competition. Final one for you on the Republic of Ireland as well. We had news uh, break our time last night. Would have been morning for you today. Uh, they were going to have two Irish players together in Belgium next year. Claire Reardon has joined Amber Barrett as standard liège. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. I think no one really expected standard liège to suddenly be the team that we were all following next season. But uh, great news for Claire Reardon. She left Celtic. Celtic, uh, I don't know if this is the reason why she in particular left, but a lot of their players uh, have left in the last couple of weeks because they've utterly slashed their budget for the women's team, which is really, really unfortunate to see because it kind of just leaves the door open for teams like Glasgow City to continue their domination um, up there. But 
yeah, great news for her. I think I'm a strong advocate of having players in as many different leagues across Europe as possible so that, you know, whenever they're coming back to the national team, we have that vast array of experience. And hopefully it's a good experience for them both. I mean, particularly Amber Barrett, she has talked quite extensively over the last couple of weeks how difficult her final season in Germany was and how much she struggled with the lack of game time and I suppose the lack of appreciation from her coaches. So it'd be great seeing the two of them link up over with Standard Liège. Kathleen, thanks a million for staying up late to bring us an update. We'll wait and see with bated breath what the injury update is going to be in around about 10 hours time as well when Vera Pau speaks. And uh, I'm sure he'll be keeping us up to speed across the weekend as well. Definitely. Thanks, Will.